The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples left from there and began a journey through Galilee, but he did not wish anyone to know about it. He was teaching his disciples and telling them, the Son of Man is to be handed over to men, and they will kill him. And three days after this, after his death, the Son of Man will rise. But they did not understand the saying, and they were afraid to question him. They came to Capernaum, and once inside the house, he began to ask them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they remained silent. They had been discussing among themselves on the way who was the greatest. Then he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone wishes to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. Taking a child, he placed it in their midst, And putting his arms around it, he said to them, Whoever receives one child such as this in my name, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives not me, but the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. So I love this line from the book of wisdom and uh, where it says the wicked say, let us beset the just one because he is obnoxious to us because he's obnoxious to us. And and it sort of calls to mind this dynamic that that oftentimes goes on, which. Which I think I call spiritual vandalism. Which is essentially when we see something beautiful and we want to tear it down. And, and like, because this beautiful thing, it, it's like so good that it shines a light on the parts of my own life that aren't very good. And then I just want to get rid of that good thing. And, and that's really how, you know, people responded to Jesus for sure. That's how the Pharisees responded to Jesus. Like he's his goodness, his righteousness, his holiness that it it shined a light in their own hearts that they didn't like very much. And then their desire is to kill him so they don't have to be reminded of what's lacking in them, right? Of what's lacking in them. And we all can fall into that sometimes, you know, like I remember it's sort of like when um, we fall into comparison and things like that. And, and, uh, and I hated like playing football on the playground in grade school, you know, because I was always the last guy picked on the team and, and, and there'd be people who are super good athletes and I'd just be like, yeah, but they're really stupid. You know, like they, they, they can't, they can't do math though. Like I just like tear them down in my own ways of whatever way I could, um, you know, and, and we fall into that, you know, like somebody might be talking to you and they might say like, oh, that one family, like they're so amazing. And you're thinking in your head, yeah, but, you know, I saw them yell at their kids when they got in the car. 
You know, and, and we can fall into that because, because sometimes somebody else's goodness, it, it can kind of shine a light in, in the parts of our own heart that aren't so good. That aren't so good. And, and our, our reaction to that, right, can, can be, you know, from that place of envy that St. James speaks about. When he says, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every foul practice. And, and, and it really is envy that leads us to tear down others. You know, it's envy that's at the core of, of that kind of comparison where we're constantly measuring ourselves against other people. And, and that, that tendency, right, it exists in the apostles too. You know, none of us are alone if we have that. Because in today's gospel, our Lord, he tells them all, the Son of Man must is to be handed over to men and they will kill him. And, and then the disciples start this conversation immediately, like, who's going to take over? You know, like, who's the greatest is what they're talking about. You know, and so when Jesus is gone, which of us is going to be in charge? And, and I sort of imagine them having this conversation. And Peter is sort of like, well, he told me I am the rock on whom the church is built. And then somebody else speaks up immediately and says, and then he called you Satan like five minutes later. He's like, it's not you. You know, or Andrew might be saying, like, I brought so many people to our Lord. Like, he wouldn't have been, a- been able to feed the 5,000 if I hadn't found that one kid. And introduced- like, surely it's going to be me. James and John don't even need to go to him because their mother is always going to him and saying, put my sons at your right and not your left. Like, like there's this, this kind of conversation that goes on. And, and then our Lord sits down with them and he says, if anyone wishes to be first, he shall be last of all and the servant of all. That, that your ambition is not what I desire. What I desire is your humility, right? Your humility. And then he takes a child and he puts that child in their midst and he says, puts his arms around the child. Whoever receives one such child as this in my name receives me. And, and that if we really, like the path to greatness in the spiritual life is being like that child who can allow the Lord to put his arms around us. And it is that childlike spirituality that keeps us from envy and keeps us from jealousy. Because a child like, doesn't sort of look at other people who are stronger than them and think to themselves, well, like, I'm, I, I'm you know, like, they don't, they don't have that. They're just like, they appreciate it. You know, like, how many of you, like, know your kids, like, like, your kids go up to you and they ask you to help them with things, you know, like your kids or your grandkids. And they come up and they ask for your help. And, and sometimes they don't even really need your help. They just want to know that you're going to help them. You know, like, they just want to know that you're going to take care of them. They just want to know that, that you can do it for them. You know, like, they might come up and say, will you tie my shoe for me? But you, they already know how to tie their shoe. They just want you to do it because they want to be cared for. You know, and how many of us do that with our Lord? You know, like, how many of us really with our Lord will ask our Lord to help us to do things that we, we, we kind of think we're perfectly capable of doing? Like, 
Lord Jesus, please help me like drive safely between here and Douglas today. Like I'm, I'm, I think I'm a pretty competent driver. Like I can do it, but but I could also ask our Lord to help me to do it. Lord Jesus, help me to prepare this meal for my family. Lord Jesus, help me to be patient in this conversation. Lord Jesus, help me to. You know, all of those things, because, because that kind of dependence on our Lord, that's, that's what keeps that kind of envy or jealousy from, from growing in our hearts. And when we, when we learn to be radically dependent on him, that's when we see his goodness and we recognize that his light is shining into some dark places in my heart. And what I really need is I need him to fill that space in my heart. Like, I need him to give me the strength that he has that I don't have. And when we learn to do that with our Lord, we become more confident. And then when we see someone else that does well, we can approach them with gratitude and be grateful for them and the work that they do and be grateful for them and and the families that they have and be grateful for them and, and all of their gifts. And then we start being a real community and and we start being a real family. And we start doing this thing that our Lord says to do constantly, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. It is in that humility in our hearts. And, and, and so when we're tempted to comparison or we're tempted to jealousy or envy or, or all of those things that divide, we have to remember our job isn't to compare ourselves with others. Our job is to simply, like our life is measured by how much our heart is open to the love of Christ and what he wants to do in our heart right now. That's how our lives are measured. Our life isn't measured against each other. Now, as a church, we're not measured against the world. And it's one of my pet peeves, I think, is because so, sometimes on retreats, like on marriage retreats, the, the talks will be structured like, the world says marriage is this way, but we say it's this way. And, and I just want to say, like, like, that's fine, but, but we don't have to go around comparing ourselves to the world all the time. Like, like really, we're supposed to be comparing ourselves to what our Lord has called us to. And we should really just be focused on what our Lord has called us to. Because then we're focused on something higher. And when we compare ourselves to the world, all we want to do is be a little bit better than the world. You know, like, or when you come to Mass and you compare yourself to the family across the aisle, not that that ever happens, but, but like, like, you just want to be a little bit better than them. You know, you're like, okay, our kids weren't as loud as theirs. Suck, we're good. <laughs> you know, like, like, I just want to be a little bit better than the. Like, that's not what our Lord desires for us. Our Lord desires for us to live life and live life abundantly. That, like, there's more that he wants for us. And the more comes when, when our hearts are more open to him. And when we measure our life not by how we compare with others, but rather by the openness of our own hearts to the transformation that he desires to work in them. Because then we're really striving for holiness. 
And so today, brothers and sisters, let us pray that that we be protected and guarded from all temptations to jealousy, envy, comparison. And that we truly learn to cultivate that childlike faith, that faith of complete dependence and utter dependence on the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. That our hearts truly may be transformed. And then our light will shine in the darkness of the world around us.